This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello, and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name's Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Andre Drummond. And on this pod, we will be talking about Krangis McBasketball. Wait, did I did I mix those up? Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. The uh, president of the Andre Drummond fan club, basking in the glory of appreciation for Andre Drummond. Tim, how are you doing today? Signing on. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. It was a... Dude, it was a bummer that he got hurt. I... I... I I feel I felt like I was too negative in my Drummond tone when it was like him versus people I wanted over him. But he's on the team now and there are definitely things he helps with. And I spent like 8000 words on an article trying to like consolidate consolidate all my thoughts and be like, all right, well, yeah, the defensive rebounding is a little bit overrated, but it's still a step up. Yeah, the like this in the finishing isn't great yet, but we're going to get him way better shots and here's how much it's going to going to matter. So I I tried to like you know reposition the Krangis uh perspective on Drummond because I I felt like I was very the tone wasn't where my internal thoughts quite were as much and you're grinning cuz cuz you know I'm still not a huge fan, but he's a Laker and I want him to succeed, I want the team to succeed and it was a really big bummer that we like he got stepped on and his toenail fell off, which is miserable time. I, have you ever had that happen? I've like stubbed my toe real bad where it's like pulled up with blood and like I feel like laid in bed for a day because it just is in pain constantly. I cannot imagine having your toe just like your toenail completely come off. No, I, I've i gotten like pinky toe stuff, but that's like a very minor issue in comparison to I'm sure Andre Drummond's big toe is like two and a half inches across. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, and he's a huge dude. Yeah, he's a huge dude. Brooke Lopez is a huge dude. Like, this right. happens in basketball. There were very few times in my playing career where I had 10 toes that didn't look like one of them was, like, painted black from, like, blood underneath it. Um, so, like, this stuff happens. But, like, he was very visibly in discomfort in that third quarter. And, like, not only was I watching – so I watched live. I rewatched every second that he played. And then yeah, I had to, like, rewatch same. rewatch again. And I was looking for when he got stepped on. And like, I couldn't find it. You I don't know if you it? were able to find it. I wasn't I looking because I, I knew you were, <laughs> honestly. I, I couldn't find it. And he looked pretty good. Like, stint one, he just physically uh, – we'll talk physically. He did, looked fine. Stint two looked fine. Third quarter, he was very evidently not feeling well. But – 
before that, like I didn't see a point in time where it happened, nor did I see him like exhibiting symptoms of like, you know, like looking at his foot or grabbing his leg or like, you know, lumbering around or anything like he looked pretty mobile. And it's a shame that we didn't get to see him play the full game. Um, And he may not have played a ton more anyway, given that he hasn't played in, you know, since 80s played plus a couple days. Um, But that was that was a real downer on the whole thing because he he flashed a few areas that I definitely think he can help the team. We're going to fully break down the the limited minutes that Andre Drummond was able to go through. Uh, in his Laker debut, because that's been the big talk, right? We're still no LeBron. We're no AD. We could, you know, eventually here soon dive into other guys like Schroeder, KCP Kuzma. Wes is coming on. Keith is coming on with the shooting. Mm-hmm. That's nice to see. They combined for six threes against the Bucks, but all of it came in like the f- first quarter. But anyway, get it. We're going to dive into Andre Drummond today and just kind of rebutting what you said about you and your negative tone. I do feel like, though, you know, I was the one advocating for Drummond, I think a little harder. Mm-hmm. Not to say I was saying this is going to make us title favorites or anything. I think that's true when healthy. But, I, you know, I was more like looking at it practically, Tim, like Damian Jones is a nice player and he fits the role. But there are things that Andre Drummond can do. Like there's one play I, I pulled where Andre Drummond, you know, they'd run a little like double high set. They, you know, Casey P comes up, you know, gets another screen and then end up with Andre Drummond and a handoff and he fakes the handoff and he puts the and ball got on the ground. blocked at the rim. But he got- that was a freak play by Giannis. Giannis is a defensive player of the year. And he, there he got a lot blocked of- three times. To- Tom, he took six shots. And a seventh one that didn't count. And he got blocked three times. You're missing my point. If you're right, I am. And I'm gonna get into the bad shots that got blocked. Like the classic Andre Drummond, left hand hook, trying to get into Brooke Lopez and dismount him to create Mm -hmm. space. And you're like, like, dude, this one was a good play. It's not this one was a good play. This is a good play. He rejects the the handoff, and if it was a handoff of KCP. The, the the alternative is not that much better. KCP taking the handoff and use it. Maybe he'll get a pull up. Whatever. If that's mm-hmm. Schroeder, that's a different story. So that fake was a good play that none of the bigs in any of these equations, Mark, JaVale, Dwight, Damian Jones, any guys in any of these other conversations, except maybe Trez, but he's Trez really undersized. Done. He doesn't he's, do it as much, and he's undersized. You're right. But Drummond got a good look, and those are yep. the types of looks that you want him to you know, cut around, keep that and lose some of the bad post-ups. I have a, a 10 play offensive breakdown for him, but you know, de- defensive because he, he had like a 31% usage, but as far as turnovers, getting fouled shots, um, he had 10 plays that, that I really watched on synergy uh, to, uh-huh. to break down. So there wasn't a whole lot it, to be honest. There. Well, I got your back, Tom, because I took notes on every single play he was involved in the game. Because yeah, he did things. No, no, no. Tim, this is a small sample, so we can't get too. You know what I mean? Oh no, like, no, no, no! I got you. Yeah, but yeah. from like a usage standpoint, so there's the scoring usage, and and you can look at what he what he was doing. There's there were also a lot of plays where he was screening or he yeah. was facilitating that it, from like a synergy scoring possession clips. They're not going to show up, but over the course of the game, just watching, even in, just in this one game, and I think this one game is important. Um, they kind of showed us how the team is seeing his fit. And it was a lot of that high post facilitation. It was like the team would run a set play and he would be part of setting a pin down or a flare screen or a staggered screen or something. And then if that didn't work, 
instead of just like isolating, like the team has done a lot in the past, it was, okay, let's get the ball to Dre. And then he, from the high post, would face up and other dudes would be moving and cutting or screening for each other. Or if not, he would go dribble at somebody and either execute a dribble handoff or that fake dribble handoff like we saw. So it was, it wasn't just like, usually there's a first wave of offense and then like LeBron, AD do something. And if LeBron and AD aren't playing, it's not good offense. Now we have kind of a second stage that middle stage. And I think that's a really important. And he's a huge piece of that because we haven't seen that happen as much, especially if Gasol's on the way out of the rotation, which I'm not sure I fully agree with. I understand some of the sentiment around it, but that's neither here nor there. Drummond as part of this equation brings that aspect to the game. And that was very evident in the clips. And like, I don't know, his screening in the beginning of the game, he was like actually like turning out of a lot of them. Like he was, he would rotate his body. So instead of like, uh, it, like when you're, when you're fighting someone, when you go, I, I went to like one boxing class and instead of facing right at somebody, Tom, where you've got no this whole, this going. you've got this, no, 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 no. So if you're trying to fight me right now, you've got this big target. Cause I'm squared up to you. If I'm turned and, and I, you know, my, my hands can still do th- their thing, but my body is turned. My like chest is facing, to the left or the right of you, you have less of a target. And Drummond was turning himself from that big target into less of a target, I think, to just not get hit in the chest as often. Um, and that might be a he's coming back thing. But this is something that I've been talking to Detroit people no. and, and my Cavs friends privately. And they've said this guy likes to slip a lot of screens and avoid a lot of contact. He, he's not a physical he's player. Got- He's, he's not, not it, but he did get better at it throughout the game. I, I do want to give him credit for that. He started out not so hot, and like a lot of these plays that resulted in him getting those high post touches were because he didn't set a good screen to start with. So the action, the initial action, just didn't work because of him. But a lot of that doesn't work for the Lakers, anyways. And he's been able to provide that that second punch, which I think is really important. And throughout the game, I think the screening definitely got better. That's a on film thing, maybe he'll be held a little bit more accountable in this environment with these coaches and teammates, perhaps a little bit more than in Cleveland. So there's my, I don't know, it's a critique, but it's very fixable. And I think they'll be looking at it and trying to fix that. Cause if they do, he can certainly do it. And that, that really helps the team. Yeah. I tweeted during the game that just having a facsimile of a role like a LeBron or an AD is kind of a, a reason you bring Drummond in because it slides everyone back to a more comfortable position where they're mm-hmm. more likely to succeed. And, you know, you, you were tweeting about the, the, the Delta between the Lakers shot quality and their shot making. So, you know, bringing those shot quality, like we need that shot quality to stay good. Otherwise this team has no shot. And Tim in per cleaning glass, it filter out garbage time, but the Lakers 70.7 per hundred possessions in the half court against Milwaukee. Um, and I wonder what that would be outside of like filtering out the first quarter when it wasn't garbage time, when they were actually making shots. So it was, I mean, they went from like, they hit what, eight of 12 threes to start the Mm -hmm. game and then hit nothing. So it's like too hot, a little bit too hot, which is fine. Yeah. You know, we'll take it. And then like way, way below what you should be shooting. So there was never really like a, you know, for this period of time, this is kind of what it might look like because the shot making was just all over the place. So Drummond, like you said, opens the game, nice pick and roll shooter, gets an over the top uh, uh, look, but I think the pass was maybe a little high, but it's not a good catch. He pushes it down and, you know, it goes, 
yeah, he, he, he like exactly like volleyball swats it down to try yeah. and go in, which is a not a great strategy, but he just couldn't get a, a grip on it. Didn't work. Second possession. He does a little little pick and roll uh, high up with uh, he was standing a lot at that right elbow a lot when the Lakers would get in their sets. Either mm-hmm. turn and you know set a screen for a KCP, or he'd step up to set the screen for the pick and rolls. A lot of pick and roll from the Lakers in this game, uh, and so he sets a little pick and pop with Kuz, gets the ball, makes a weird little fifteen foot push shot. Uh, you know, gets a nice little bounce there, and then gets a terrible possession here. Iso post touch, left side against Brook. You know, he's he's running in trying to do this sweeping hook shot. And it's just those kind of shots that completely are, I guess, available now. But I don't think will be once full healthy. I don't think that's going to happen too often. I still stand by that. Yeah. And and it's the type of thing that like I if I'm remembering the right play that you're talking about, like he kind of cleared Brooks body. He like it was a nice drive. Good ball handling. He got to a decent shot. He just he creates it. like the it shot. was just he can't it was just it. bad touch around the rim. Yeah. But if that same guy with that same mobile skill set that can get to those spots, if he could put him in at a higher rate, which he used to do, but not like this year, not last year. This is a couple. This was three, four, five, six, seven years ago. He could get to those spots and then put those shots in, and it was like, man, this guy is a dominant post player. The way the uh, Mark Jackson was talking about him, you know, as the game was starting, which which bothered me and a lot of people. But you can see the potential with how he can get to those spots. It just again, he just missed a baby hook, um, and he had another one later in the game against Brook Lopez. He got just packed on. Um, he got blocked a couple other times. I think blocked three times, and he only took six shots. And then there was a seventh one that was blocked. But KCP got called for a moving screen. So the block mm-hmm. doesn't count. The shot doesn't count. But he got blocked. Well, um, so, like, just to your point, though, I feel like we did a really good job. And I want to point this out. At breaking down what Drummond was, he was exactly what we talked about, right? He can create post-ISO shots, but isn't good at making them. Yeah, it's the finishing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, And the, the drop coverage that he played. And we'll get into defense more. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Play Let's by talk play offense. Maybe. Yeah, because the playmaking was there. We didn't get to see any of the like outlet passing yet. That'll come. Uh, that's a, a chemistry thing. He also didn't. He got one rebound, so it's not like he had a, many opportunities for the outlet passes. Um, and and let's talk about the the defense. Or I'm sorry. So we're talking offense. I don't want to get to the defense rebounding. Offensive rebounding. He was a little bit less active when the game started. Once we got second quarter, late second quarter, he really started fighting for position a bit more. He started the game off a little bit more passive on the boards. He would, when a shot would go up, he'd walk towards the rim. If you got in his way at all, he'd stop there. <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't hitting anybody. He wasn't fighting at all for position. You really want to carve out space, get good leverage on a defender, try to push them as far under the rim as possible if they are trying to box you out so that if the rebound goes, Anywhere instead of right in front of the rim, you have that new inside position by being, you know, further away from the rim. He wasn't quite doing that later in the game. He got a little bit more towards that, which is part of why it's difficult for me to just like discount a whole portion of his play, because certain elements of his game got better as the game went on. Certain elements of his game got a little bit worse as the game went on. And again, I don't know when he got stepped on. But that's something that I was keeping an eye out for because he is a, a high conversion rate, high impact offensive rebounder. And he didn't quite look locked in or unlocked in, in that respect. But that's something uh, to definitely look out for. Like you said, we, we called a lot of these elements, the playmaking. He was making the right passes. He was 
element. He was uh, working from the right uh, parts on the court. He was bringing the right elements to his passing. He had, I think, the second play of the whole game for the Lakers. He got a post touch. Fa- he faced up. He's facing up a ton and surveyed the floor, saw that because he had a mismatch. The Bucks were trying to bring baseline help, which is something the Lakers have struggled with all season long. And Kyle Kuzma was wide open yeah. for skip pass. And he didn't just make the right pass. He made it quickly. He made it on target. And like it wasn't that it just wasn't a turnover. It went right in Kuz's shooting pocket. Yeah. So he was able to rise and fire and get a great shot off. Those sorts of like really simple passes from a post player is something that would really help the Lakers. So that the high post passing, the low post passing, a lot of it was simpler, but he did make some of the more complex reads and that was encouraging. He had one uh, bad turnover trying to hit a back cut into some traffic later in the game. But other than that, I was really pleased with the passing and the dribble handoffs. And that again, that second stage of the offense, he gives you by just being able to, you know, get to his spots, but also involve his teammates and be a big body that can screen as part of that. Yeah, uh, he had said that he got stepped on in the first quarter. So I'm trying to like, you know, put like at what point in that shift, but that from there on, judging the the second quarter and on plays with the with that in mind and just yeah. you know no 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 I don't know it, you ripped his toenail it. Tim and but, so but, I'm not excusing it yeah. I'm not excusing it but stuff like you mentioned the backdoor pass to Coos mm-hmm. Milwaukee was sagging the hell off the Lakers shooters so on that play like Giannis is his, right where Coos is cutting and it's and like uh, it's like Andre. No, no, that's what I'm saying. You can't just say his toe hurt. No, but I'm saying <laughs> right, right, physically right. not getting more than one rebound. Mm-hmm. You you can look at yeah, the data yeah. and say maybe you just couldn't get that lift, you know, and right. and look at the film. Yeah, and I don't think the lift was there. That that was something that I had a question. Like there were certain elements where I was like, I had a pretty good feel for he's good here. He's not as good here. You know, within the context of the Lakers, here's how that fits in and go read my B-Ball Index article if you want to see more of that. That all still stands as as written. One of the elements I was looking at this game for more insight into is his not just his mobility, but his lift because he's lost some weight. He said he's in pretty good shape. He was somebody that used to have he used to be a lob threat. And like the, the scouting report that the, the broadcast gave was that he's a, a lob threat, which I, and that's what Frank Vogel said, too, which surprised me. I think he's caught one lob this year. I, I looked at every shot he's finished at the year. I think I counted one lob. And that first play of the game, which was a, a play we've run, I think Damian Jones in mm-hmm. what he played, like 10 games, he had like seven lob dunks. They did it like last 10 year dunks for JaVel, too. Yeah, JaVale. Like, this is something Vogel likes to use. Yeah. So I was encouraged to see this play because it's a good play to start the game. They have that little UCLA cut and the player cutting – after cutting to the rim, then runs to the opposite corner off of a, a, an exit screen. One of those screens where the corner player just takes a couple steps in and tries to not let the shooter's defender follow him to the corner. So that's happening as Drummond sets that ball screen for Schroeder, I think mm-hmm. it was. Yep. And then he is is rolling to the rim on a completely empty side of the court other than, I think, Cal Kuzma. Yeah, it was Kuzma was at like the wing really high. So his man can't really help on that. So you are designing this set to get an open lob to start the game. Super exciting play, highlight play. The Lakers love doing this. And he, you know, he completely unimpeded path, had a perfect runway. And it just didn't look like he got the lift. The The lob maybe was a tad high. I looked at that same play that we were, because I've, I've, 
you know, grabbed some of these clips of film in the past, that lob was on par where, with where it was for like a Damian Jones or like Trez finished a lob of that height earlier this year. This one, Drummond didn't seem to be able to. Uh, Tom, I looked at the. Film. I don't. I don't uh, think Trez can catch that <laughs> ball straight up. Okay. I don't he think Trez gets his hands on that. He, ball. he got one of them. Um, this like it's a play that we saw Jones run pretty well, and and he brings different things than Drummond. What I guess what I'm trying to say is I look at a dude having a perfect runway, nobody hitting him at all, being able to go up with a fairly well thrown lob and not looking comfortable with it to, to me, like it's, you know, give him some more time. Maybe this is something he can do, but I question whether or not that is his game. And if it's not his game, I just wouldn't be putting him in those positions. You can run other good sets to start games off that aren't, you know, don't throw the new guy into the fire for something that he's not going to succeed at. I think that's the way I'd look at it. Like I, I used to barely be able to dunk and I had to have perfect footwork, a clean runway and just barely could I get it. And I know if any of those things were off, no, not at all. And he seems like the NBA equivalent of that, um, from like a finishing lob standpoint. And like he can dunk just fine, you know, when he's able to power through it, but it, I don't know. It just didn't look comfortable. He doesn't seem to have the same lift. And he's had three calf injuries and one Achilles injury over the past 13 months, I believe. And I know those are parts of your body that do impact your jumping ability. So th- this is something I was looking for. We're going to have to see some more. Hopefully his his toe gets okay. But uh, that is something that I think is still a question mark in his game. I mean, got to look at the whole picture is, uh, is what is Colin Sexton like in passing under the pick and roll? How was Reggie Jackson in Detroit at throwing lobs? All of it's comes into consideration. But I do agree <laughs> that Tim, that he did not look comfortable with that particular lob. But I swear, if you go back, Trez doesn't get hands on he, that ball. He had one using that set play. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Look, watch okay. that play. Line up with Trez. I mean, they don't run it with Trez because yeah. I don't think he can. That's I agree with that's you. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so, but there are other things to Drummond too. There, they ran. Um, like I mentioned, that little double high action where he he rejected the the handoff and got to the basket. But Giannis made an amazing play. He has some bad uh, dribble into traffic moments. He had a little side, like weird, like 10 feet from the hoop pick and roll with Caruso, like mm-hmm. little handoff action and uh, just dribbled straight into uh, like Drew Holiday. Chris Someone was these guys, yeah. Yeah, these guys are he digging. didn't see the stunt. But my, Milwaukee's going to help hard off the weak side and pack the mm-hmm. paint and uh, and recover. And so part of it was like Drew Holiday eating, you know, them in their scheme working with drum enforcing the issue. And um, he also got a grenade from Markeith and a low shot clock situation. Yep. So I don't count that against him. It Same. missed pretty badly, but 18 foot mid range shot didn't look great. Um, he had another play where I can mention gets the ball low, pretty low entry on Brooke. Uh, tries to bully him, puts his shoulder down, gets physical, left hook from four feet away, and Brooke didn't move. Brooke blocked it away, easy. Um, and no, Brooke's still a solid post defender, I would guess, uh, if you looked at his yes. data. Yeah, yeah, so it's just exactly who we thought Drummond was, I think. Uh, he, he tried that backdoor pass, like you mentioned, but it's it's like the read wasn't there, but the, I like the, the – he has that in his bag to begin with. So when the read mm-hmm. is there and they show him the film and say like, look, you're doing this from the top of the key when there's like literally four guys with a foot in the paint on the, on the bucks. And even if Coos catches that pass, he has to finish 
through Lopez, Middleton, and Giannis. And so maybe he kicks it out, but, you know, they want that shot. They want the Lakers to shoot those weak side threes because we've been really bad at them. And I think to, like my last offensive point is harking back to what you said about his screening. He said a, a really bad turnover offensive foul screen. He just like missed the screen or, you know, uh, he's setting a screen for Holiday. Holiday is going to cut under to recover to Schroeder. And, and Drummond just pivots to like, now, man, I'm going to screen you with my butt on the other, like, 45-degree angle. And the refs called it well, but, like, lazy. Yep. Either you move your feet to reestablish the screen, like, quickly, shuffle your feet, or you stay firm mm-hmm. and widen those shoulders just enough to where you're not going to clip them for an offensive foul. So just little stuff like that. I think hopefully they get in the film room and say, these are the small things we need you to do. Set hard screens, you know, get... He, he was fine in drop coverage, you know, getting bodies on guys, I felt, but other little things on defensive rebounding. So, yeah, that's kind of my last offensive notes for him. Yeah. For just a general observation, and I it, it hits out a lot of the offensive areas, is he plays in a lot of ways like he's much shorter than he is stylistically. Like when he's setting the screens, he'll, he'll kind of like, you know, lean away from the contact at times, the way you see like a guard who's about to get run over by a big man. Or when he's in the post and he's attacking, he's not – generally like going at people with force he's going around and we saw that one play he tried to go baseline he got cut off on the baseline and then he lost his balance and almost threw the ball away the other play he tried to go around the the middle and he got blocked the one other play he tried to go around the middle and he just missed the hook shot but he's a like he has mobility and he uses that that mobility and he's very much a like guardish type player in a big man body in that specific way. And I that also translates on the defensive end with his pick and roll coverages where and I, I tweeted out some pictures just because it's this isn't like a criticism, but I, I think it looks funny. It, he leans forward a lot. He like his head's like over not his heels over his like toes to the point where like it, it looks like he's sitting on a bench, but the bench isn't there. Like it's in, he's doing like these wall sits without the wall. That's how low he is. And when someone drives on him, he's going for strips. He's not trying to block shots as much in the same way that like, if you're driving on Rajon Rondo, he's not going to try to block a shot. He's going to strip at the ball. If he doesn't get it, he's getting out of the way. Um, Andre Drummond on a lot of these, he's, he has very active hands. And by being so low to the ground, he's able to really swipe at the ball. And he's very smart and opportunistic about it as well in the sense that, when a guard is going around that screen and they feel that back pressure and they put that dude in jail, they put him in booty jail. A lot of times you like take that split second as the guard to like look over your shoulder, make sure you know where the dude is. You're dribbling directly in front of you. Your attention isn't on the dropping big and he'll go in and he'll just swipe right at that ball. Um, and I sent you that screenshot. It looked like he was doing like a uh, like a Cobra Kai move where he like like <laughs> did like a, some martial art move at the ball. And, he, and to his credit, he got the ball. Um, so he has his own very unique style. And then like a second later, he nearly did a split. I'm surprised he wasn't injured. Um, he's a very unique player with a unique style of drop coverage in that like normally drop bigs are the dudes that you're dropping to like be big, you know, towering rim protectors. And he's dropping 
But if you get a little bit too close, he's he's swiping at the ball. And then if you drive to the rim, he's still swiping at the ball. And if he doesn't get the ball in his swipe, he more frequent than more frequently than any other big I've watched will let you just rise and fire without him actually contesting the shot. And another part of that, I think, is because he's so crouched over and he's leaning so much when he does reach for the ball, he's committed. His his balance oh, yeah. is is forward or when he's crouched over, if he's not reaching, his balance has to be back because, again, he's doing that like sitting on a bench without the bench being there. All of his like his center of gravity is very much backwards. So if you dribble at him, don't get too close and you step back or you just rise for that pull up jumper. He's off balance to the point where he's not able to contest those as well. Um, and same sort of thing when guys get to the rim against him, his, he's a little bit off balance. So that's the, I guess, the downside of how he plays, but how he plays is also how he generates as many deflections and steals as he does. So it's just a very different, unique style of player that I have not seen, you know, that kind of guy in that kind of role from my time watching basketball. I don't know if he reminds you of anybody, but it's 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 a little bit different. So I wanted to kind of break out the nuance of that pick and roll defense because it's it's obscure a little bit, but uh, he's good at it. And the question with him then becomes like, can he play the more aggressive screen coverages or will putting him in more of those situations be troublesome for the Lakers? Might he get blown by or, or be causing fouls or things like that? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and I'll take a quick break uh, and then I, let's dive deep, deep into the defense uh, the way we did with the offense. Hey, it's Tom again. This time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We'll help you get your show pushed to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listen to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get in your application today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com. 
www.thepodcastmedia.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. So Andre Drummond on defense had a, a kind of a loud first couple possessions, I feel like, in, in a couple ways. He, uh, he, he got that double jump block, you know, on Dante. Um, and so kind of what happened was he was helping, you know, Giannis, uh, was like, Keith was on Giannis kind of Giannis getting to the rim. Drummond steps up face cut. Drummond got face cut is what happened to start, which is something that would get me benched and has gotten me benched in basketball where in, in getting face cut is when you're the off ball defender and your man or the, the guy you're responsible for cuts towards the rim in front of you in in like he cuts across your face if someone's gonna cut in basketball especially high school college basketball they drill this into you you bump that guy you you get between him and the ball and then you kind of trail him through his cut if a guy is able to cut right across you that allows him to really easily catch the ball and then you're in a bad situation so that's how the play started and then so so it went from oh no oh no to really good you know amazing from there so sorry to cut you off keep going Gets face cut. He he helps on Giannis. Recovers back to his own guy in a quick double jump to get the block. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Dante Divincenzo. Not sure what his finishing at the rim rating is. You know, it he's a, a slow dunker, guy. but yeah, yeah it, it was a, a nice play. Wing. It yeah. is a nice play. It was a, play. Play. It it was was a, a play. nice play from Drummond. Um, and you know, on another play, you see some of the. I can't believe this guy is so bad at closing out because there's this play. Middleton's in the corner. Uh, the play gets break down. Middleton gets the ball in the corner. Drummond's on the, the right block. So he just has to run straight at Middleton. Kuz is on like that right wing. So he comes into like bracket Middleton to come back, you know, across the top. So they're good defense. Andre Drummond instead veers to his right. Let's uh, Chris Middleton drives straight down the baseline. So Keith has to step up and help. And then that's full on scramble mode where, and he doesn't fully, you know, he's not on a string with these five guys as far as yeah. that scramble mode. So and you're going to see a lot more sh- scrambling lately. Yeah. Yeah. He, that was the one scramble drill. I think he was like around for, and he's the reason it happened because of that weird closeout that had to involve other players. And then once that happened, and players were scrambling, he kind of just kind of, he just stood still. <laughs> he, he observed. And this is where I think the chemistry piece of it is, is going to hurt him. There are certain elements of his game that it doesn't matter that he did he hasn't played for a month. There are certain elements of his game that it doesn't matter that he hasn't played with these Lakers before. There are a lot of elements where those things do matter, and this is one of them. Where Like, over time, he's going to get those principles down and, and hopefully be pretty good. And I think he projects to be good in this system given his mobility. But right now where everybody's flying around and we're so used to watching this Lakers team be, be so good at that. He's more of an observer. So that's a film work thing. Unfortunately, that's also a like get on the court and, and work through it, work through the kinks thing. Um, but this is probably the low end of what we're going to see from him in that respect, in that specific area, just because he's so new. I mean, you saw this from Wes Schroeder, Harrell early yep. in the season guys mm-hmm. just, you know, he just takes time to learn uh, what each other has to do, you know, and the principles of the Lakers defense and scrambling it. Uh, there was another really, really awful closeout that was kind of more toward the wing. It just, he just like kind of lets a guy, like he closes out to only one side, Andre. He, so he like led with his high leg. He said, 
Like he he straight up like one of the worst closeouts. Like I've, red I've carpet from a Laker to the lane. Yeah, like it's incredibly bad. Yeah, you when you close out, you want to get into choppy steps, and you don't want to present a high leg because if you do, that gives that red carpet like you're talking about for the player to attack you a specific direction. Sometimes you do that on purpose to send them towards the help. This was not one of those times. This was it very much compromised the defense. And in addition to presenting that high leg, he reached too. So oh, yeah. by doing both of those things, <laughs> he completely put himself out of the 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 play. And uh, I think it was Drew Holiday ended up getting fouled at the rim two three seconds later because of it. So that was the bad. We did see some better closeouts, but closing out is one of those like. You, you know, you got to get 90% of them right. If you're getting 60% of them right, you're not, you're really doing a poor job. If you get like 90% of them right, you're like doing the baseline, you know, minimum expectation. Um, it's just more a, a fundamental baseline th- skill set. And he didn't have a good first game. It was only one game. But we're going to keep an eye on that freak one. You saw and it. I saw it. No, we're no. going to keep an eye on that one. That's the thing, too, where it can't emphasize enough the freak injury because it's one thing if mm-hmm. he comes back from two months. I don't care how much you work out. You shoot in the gym. It's not an NBA game, you know, and even with the adrenaline pumping, you have to push your body to levels that you might twist an ankle or tweak a leg or a knee. This was a toenail. This was a freak injury, impact injury that could happen to anyone at any moment, right? So it's just straight up bad luck. And he looked limited after that from that injury. But, Tim, when you start talking about principles of defense and bad closeouts, to me, not everything's there is getting fixed, my guy. Maybe some of it gets a little better over time, but that's about the ceiling I would be as far enough to go to expect. So don't think that even though the the, the pointed out, like you can only fix so much at once so fast. Yeah. And it's just like what like the closeouts are so bad that to me seems like a little like more pressing than some of the other yeah. stuff. It's a red flag. And it's one of those things that like. An offense works so hard to generate an advantage. And then as a defense, you fight to put those little fires out. And this is one of those skill sets that if you don't do a good job with it, the second that fire's put out and you should be in a neutral situation, you you are just conceding an advantage really out of nowhere. No screening action, no like super good one-on-one skill. If you can just let guys blow by you because you're out of position or you're closing out poorly or both of those things. And I think his positioning is part of this as well. That allows the offense to create extra advantages that they otherwise wouldn't have. And that's the next thing about his defense I want to talk about. I It, it stood out to me how often he started ball watching and then just slowly walking towards the rim, regardless of who he was guarding, where they were standing. He was going to go for that defensive rebound. He didn't box out once in the game. Once he did a two-hand push uh, Brooke Lopez. But other than that, I didn't really see him put a body on anybody. Um, he was looking for boards. Yeah. And uh, okay, yeah, I may have just missed a few. He he was very much looking for defensive rebounds. And in a way that like his mobility, I think should allow him to get out in transition and he can be the recipient of outlet passes. But his tendency, his behavior is even if I'm guarding Chris Middleton at half court, I'm going to run back and I'm going to try to get that defensive rebound, which in some ways is good. But I think the the way the Lakers approach transition offense is more positional on the court rather than height or or like shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, point guard kind of based. If you're close, like we and we've seen this from from Anthony Davis, he closes out at a shot at the top of the key 
and he keeps going and he looks for that outlet pass. Drummond closes out on that shot or he closes out, his guy swings the ball and he continues standing there. And then a shot goes up. He's, you know, booking it back to go after a rebound. That's a little part of his game that was fine in Cleveland to fit best with the Lakers and get the team playing out in transition. Sometimes he needs to not be chasing those defensive rebounds and try to go get out in transition. So that was one thing I noticed and just a little bit of ball watching, a little bit of roaming, some just positional defense stuff that can be cleaned up. I don't know if it's because he was guarding Brooke Lopez and just didn't care for Brooke Lopez's three point shot. I don't know if it was, you know, just a a new guy hasn't played in a while thing. We'll monitor it. It's not a huge red flag for me right now, but I, it made me ask some questions. It's, it made me at least write it down to keep an eye on it moving forward. And I, I think he did fine against Giannis and it's a couple different possessions mm-hmm. here and there, but I wonder how much of this conversation is framed by the fact that Marc Gasol came in for six minutes, played Giannis straight up for like four or five straight possessions to a stop and yeah. gave the Lakers actually a chance if they had any offensive output at all mm-hmm. to cut that lead from 15 to seven at the five minute mark and give themselves a shot, no matter how long shot it may be at winning that game. And I got to say, much, much better game from the Lakers overall than I had anticipated, especially the first quarter, first half started to, their second quarter started to slip away, but they made threes, like I said, eight threes. That's great. Mark came in and showed, this guy deserves a spot in the rotation. And, And Trez, you know, didn't have a great game, but certainly... Trez deserves time in this rotation. Now, Andre Drummond in part came here because, right? Just whatever understanding we as outsiders have, we understand that Palenko was, used to be his agent. He came to the Lakers not only to win a chip, but to be a key cog. And sounds like he was promised a starting position. So that's, you know, your name's on the marquee. You, you got all eyes on you and... You've got an opportunity to contribute to a possible title team. So what then happens to Mark? What? What? We didn't see Mark and Trez in the same lineup. Like we've mm-hmm. been kind of pining for us since even the beginning of the season. Yep. So what next? What? I mean, it's it's maybe easier now that Drummond maybe isn't going to play 40 minutes. But yeah, but what, what next? So I want to... Just pump the brakes a little bit. And I was where you are until I saw a tweet from Mike Trudell from a quote from Frank Vogel saying, we want to use the Gasol Trez 5-4-4-5, whatever it is, lineups, but just not tonight. Mm-hmm. That I didn't – I and I even tweeted out, oh, crap, you know, we haven't seen Gasol yet and we haven't seen Gasol Trez together at all. I would have assumed this move unlocks that. And it's very, you know, why ha- the, the teams, they've played zero seconds together this season. This would have been that chance. Why isn't it happening? That was the piece of info that like, okay, if if you don't think it's a good match for the game plan for the opposing team personnel, that's fine. I'm going to look for the next game or the games after that. So I don't take anything away from this individual game from that perspective, but I agree with you that we should see it and I think that Marcus Gasol is an important basketball player on this team, plays very good defense. He's the fifth best defensive impact, according to D. LeBron. He's taken on hard matchups this year. He's doing a good job defending the rim. He's very much, we call them a litmus test of basketball. And like three days later, the Lakers like bench him. So it was like a, oh, moment. 
Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on the situation? Sorry, I just got the update uh, from Dave McMenamin. There's optimism that Lakers center Andre Drummond will not miss more than a game or two with his right big toe injury, sources told Woj and me. L.A. plays at Sacramento on Friday and then the Clippers in L.A. on Sunday before their five-game East Coast road trip. So you'd have to assume he's probably out for Sacramento and then hopefully back for the Clippers and maybe even miss that game. So just wanted to throw that out there. And, you know, this gives the Lakers a chance to go back to normal, so to speak, and and reset that lineup to the pre-drumming days where Gasol slides in and Trez stays on that bench roll. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting the way Frank talked about that Trez-Gasol lineup was the way we talked about before the season, the AD-Trez lineup. So the fact that he's thinking on those terms, that has to be in the back of his mind where we said on offense, Trez is the five, and on defense, Trez is the four, and AD can you know play that five on defense that makes him so good, but not have the limitations on offense of being the five that maybe he doesn't like uh, as well and have a guy in the dunker spot alongside him. So uh, yeah, just (laughs) want to throw that out there. Drummond, uh, really tough game. It wasn't pretty at times, I will admit, but you did see uh, some glimpses of where he could be useful. And I didn't mention a nice pick and roll with Schroeder that he had. Got a pocket pass, got a lane to the basket, finished over uh, Brooke Lopez. So, more shooter, drumming, pick and roll, once he's healthy, could yeah. be useful uh, for this team right now in scoring. It, and I saw some IQ from Drummond in that shooter, drum, dre, pick and roll. That was really encouraging for me because there were a couple plays where Milwaukee switched it and he Drummond immediately recognized that. There was no lag. There was no rust. He knew exactly what was happening as it was happening and immediately would turn his body, seal off his new defender, who was much smaller than him, put a hand up and start, you know, booking it to the rim, making himself a target, which attracted defensive attention from other players. Even though he hasn't been a great finisher at the year this year, you know, he's a big dude. That's going to attract some attention. And then the Lakers were able to get open skip passes. So that's a play that's not going to show up in the box score. It's not something a ton of people are going to talk about. It's like, oh, man, look at this great play Andre Drummond made. But if he just kind of stands there after that switch and lets the defender get back around him, nothing happens. Because he recognized it instantly and did the right thing instantly. It attracted that attention and the Lakers got a good shot because of it. So that was just one of those little things that I liked. I do think Drummond thinks he's a lob threat. The way he runs, the way, the way he rolls after some of the screens against drop coverage specifically, he is rolling for a lob. And against Brooke Lopez, who's dropping, it's not really what's there for you, Dre. What's there is that little pocket pass for that push shot. That he's been good at this year over the past couple of years. It's been a little bit less pretty, but this year he's been hitting those. You know, we, we've seen Tres be really good at those. That, you know, get into the open spot, get into the, give your guard the angle and there's an outlet there. If you overrun it and you close the angles off, you make, you're not going to get the lob a lot of these times. When the lob's thrown, I, I hope they go in. But Shooter might not throw those lobs. And if you don't give Shooter that little outlet dump off pocket pass, he's in a tough position now, too, because he's attacking fast downhill at a dropping big man. So that's one of those. They'll see it on film. Very fixable. 
more behavioral type of things that it's not like a pride thing. It's not like, oh man, I need to get the ball. Like that's a very fixable tweak that I think can help that pick and roll synergy as well. Yeah, we certainly need some any kind of synergy on offense. Uh, it's been tough, man. KCP has been not shooting well. Caruso has not been shooting well. Now, maybe it's a little bit more forgivable for Caruso is what he can do on the defensive end. But I I think we're at the point where uh, if, if the Lakers don't add another shooter or somehow improve their shooting come playoff time, I do deeply believe that is their Achilles heel. Um, mm-hmm. And it's all wrapped up into half-court offense, obviously, um, and their efficiency there. But we'll, we'll put a pin in that. We'll keep an eye on it. I'm still going to measure this time without LeBron and AD. If you're getting open shots, you know, and you're still missing them, if there's that giant delta, Tim, between quality and performance, I'm going to be concerned. So that's my my big watch other than just the overall drumming thing right now. Right. And thinking back to last year, the team – so this year we are seventh in shot three-point shot quality, and we are 25th in three-point shot making, I believe. Last year we were 26th in three-point shot making, so about the same you know performance versus expectations, but our shot quality was second instead of seventh. And injuries have something to do with this. But even earlier in the season when LeBron and AD were both playing, we weren't second. Um, so the quality's down. The, the the shot making itself hasn't risen. So that leads to the overall results being poor. And this is even with like KCP still showing up pretty good because he started the year off crazy hot, even though he hasn't been recently. And And same thing with Caruso. So it's... A deteriorating situation. The fact that the shot quality itself is low means that it's going to be even worse than like when LeBron and AD come back. We're still going to miss open shots, we're, we're, but we're going to get more open shots and we're going to perform better on you know open shots than contested shots. So it's as bad now as it will get, I think. Um, and a big notable addition that this team could have is if Wes Matthews starts knocking down threes again. That that is. A, a, he, him or Keith, they, they've got to start hitting some threes because I don't anticipate Crusoe's going to bounce back to like the unsustainable rate he was hitting them. KCP's a little bit in his own head, and if he doesn't turn it around, that's concerning. I think you're right. This this is a tricky situation. The team doesn't have a lot of – they don't have <laughs> – I don't know how – I don't know how to quantify the reliable three-point shooters we have, but it is not many. And, you know, the one addition that team made – was bringing in a guy who's not going to be spacing the floor. And so, what? you know, you can't trade. I don't know who else the team can pick up at this point that might be available. We saw Gorgie Zhang brought to another team and unfortunately got hurt, like, immediately. Um, well, like, they don't even have a Quinn Cook anymore who could theoretically yeah. just be one guy who can shoot. Like, right. From a can't do anything else. They just don't yeah. even have that. Yeah. So so that's really worrisome. Um you know, JJ Redick was available. Uh, like there were guys the team potentially could have pushed a little bit more for. We'll see how that situation develops over time because the team still has a roster spot. They can make more room if they need to make more room. But do you think this is who the team is locking in with once we get to the playoffs? We saw it last season, the team add J.R. Smith really, really late. That was due to injury. Maybe we see something. It might not be due to injury, but between now and the playoffs, 
I hope there's more movement. I don't know if there will be. I mean, if I'll put it this way, if Alfonso McKinney is still on the team and nothing personal against the guy, he's not really a useful NBA player in really any way, uh, except just maybe his, you know, physical attributes and that's it. Um, if he's still on the team, I think it's a big mistake. Uh, and and it could even be somebody like a Glenn Robinson, like uh, other, you know, wings we talked about a little in the offseason who are available all of a sudden. You know, like they're, I don't know, you just need an option and McKinney isn't. So there's McKinney and another roster spot. So theoretically, you could make two roster spots while staying under the hard cap. Uh, but if, if and, and West didn't just have a better game shooting, he actually some great defensive plays on Middleton and mm-hmm. just showing his, his understanding of those guys game um, was a useful, you know, cog in that first quarter uh, success. So I still believe in West. Remember I, 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 I from half court shot the West Matthews to the Lakers. <laughs> Uh, you know, back in the off season before that you was did. a name. Yeah. So I, I'm Credit still still a believer in what the theoretical things this guy could provide for the mm-hmm. Lakers. Well, and, and being a successful fifth of a Danny Green replacement, which has not you know really been the case this year. Right. And I looking at some of the data even added more perspective for me because Markeith Morris is someone that has also been underperforming from a three-point standpoint, but we saw him do it. We saw him be able to like knock those down in key moments and be a reliable floor spacer in a way that like me mentally, and, and I don't know about you, I haven't been as worried about him, but then I go look at his background and he isn't like, he hasn't been a consistent three-point shooter in his career. It's been a lot of poor three-point shot making Hmm. with last season being good and then like two seasons before that being good so it's very up and down with him in a way that like if you knew nothing else but you just looked at that you wouldn't say oh well of course this guy's gonna bounce back whereas with Wes it's constantly been very solid until this year in a way that like without having watched the film you'd be like yeah like I would expect this to improve so that was the cliff or it's the cliff or it's the cliff. But but like he looks good in so many other elements of yeah. his game that like it's not it, to me it doesn't scream oh this guy's washed and like he just doesn't yeah. have it anymore. But I none think, of them have been clicking all at the same time yet either. Yeah. Until yeah. kind of that moment in that game comes down on one end, hits a three, goes down on the other end, completely shuts down Chris Middleton. Not saying I expect that on every, you know, mm-hmm. exchange, but the fact that he can have that sequence Makes right. me more encouraged now. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and then later in the game, Gasol comes in, he's making those yeah. great plays. And yeah. then Wes was one of the guys who, like, he airballed a three real bad. Like, wide right. One <laughs> of, he, yeah. One of the four or five different open threes the Lakers had an opportunity to cut the lead into seven, eight, a nine point lead at different, or deficit, I should say, at different points. And just none of them went in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a good call out. I, I was, Pleased to see how Gasol responded. Um, yeah. I, you know, and, and like he said things about like, you know, I couldn't go back to Toronto because I'm not the player they needed me to be anymore. And he's not mm. the same guy he used to be. But I still think he's a player this team needs because he's our best post defender. 
he is our only spacing big among him, Drummond and Harrell. And he's got the passing. He has a lot of the right elements. It, you know, aesthetically, it doesn't always translate, but the impact's there. A lot of the, the like skill sets are there. And if I think he needs to stay in this rotation. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the team handles the addition of Drummond. Hopefully he's back soon. You said maybe he misses a couple games, but hopefully he's back soon and we get to see some Gasol Trez minutes together. And maybe we see some Drummond Keith minutes once AD's back. AD can fit with any of these guys. So there are a lot of potential combinations of players in that front court. Um that that I'm just excited to see how it plays out. And I, I hope Laker fans can get behind this guy. I don't like seeing like people happy he's hurt or happy he's failing. Yeah, and like people. Yeah, it's like that's toxic. Come on. But at the same time, there are also people who are like, well, if you didn't think his first stint was good, you're not a Lakers fan. <laughs> or like you're just a hater. Like, come on. He like one thing that's not true is it didn't go from great first stint to he's bad now. It, like the, the stepping on the foot wasn't evident to me. It, like I didn't see the incident itself, but like looking at the film, he performed at a pretty high level for, throughout the entire first half. It wasn't just like, oh, this is where he got stepped on because he started stinking. Like he played hard. He was getting better in a lot of areas as the game went along. Watching lives a little bit different than watching on the film, but like this wasn't like a one stint performance from from Dre. He added some really good things throughout the game. And like you can't, there, there shouldn't be people on both sides calling each other, you know, wrong and haters and losers and just, you know, root for the team. But you, we can still criticize and critique and look at his game. Yes, he's new. Yes, he hasn't played in a long time. We're talking about like we're here to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and we want them to succeed. We want them to win a title. And we're going to, you know, look at the areas from a coaching staff, from a, from the team, where they are doing well, where they could critique things, because that journey is fun. That journey, seeing the team be not as good at something and then figure it out and get better at it allows us to celebrate those victories. And those are things that if you are only perpetuating, oh, well, LeBron's a machine and he chooses to be bad at this or like this doesn't matter. Or, this guy wasn't trying or like if you just completely just swat away anything negative, you won't be able to appreciate those little victories and that growth year to year within the year, all of those things. So you know, lean forward into the experience. It's not all going to be sunshine and roses, but that's part of what makes winning the title meaningful. Like there's more of a visceral reaction as a fan when you win those games, you didn't expect to win. If you just think, you know, we're the best team, no one can stop us. Like then how do you really get to enjoy that game? So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've always been someone who like, I'll take a step back in the moment, whether I'm playing, coaching, or watching, and say, this is adversity. I'm going to lean in. This is this is what I'm here. Like, this is why sports are fun. I'm not here to just, like, beat the hell out of people. Like, this is what makes it fun to win, is the challenge. And I think we just have to, you know, from this perspective, you and me and the, and, and the fans, in, embrace that. Enjoy that. Don't shut your ears and your eyes to it. Um, but also, at the same time, like, don't go too overboard or don't look at these guys and like be afraid to say, Hey, like, why are they doing this? Or, you know, I don't know if I agree with that decision. Like you don't have to blindly agree with everything the staff does or a player does, or that we're saying to be a good fan. So I don't know. I just wanted to add that. Cause I've seen a lot of weird dialogue over the past couple of weeks that 
I, you can tell the team is struggling because uh, it's gotten in a, a strange place. I think that's really well said and a good place to leave it, Tim. I mean, anytime people, uh, people live and die by this stuff, even if it's, uh, they can't see the forest for the trees and that most people aren't really worried if they can get healthy. But last thing I'll leave you with, Tim, uh, Lakers, what do you think they're still starting lineup? Marcus Salt, AD, LeBron, KCP, Schroeder. What's their net rating um, per clean the glass, which filters that garbage time, but. Uh, ooh, I don't, I don't know. Plus 12 is what I'll say. Close, close, plus 13.6. Nice. We'll that's have their, to see. Uh, that's really, wait, that's pretty good, right? What is there a percentile on that? That's good. That's 79th percentile. Okay, nice. I, I'm just, these are lineup data. So 582 possessions mm-hmm. with that starting lineup. <laughs> the lineup of Matt is still third in this. Jesus and a, and a negative 17.5. You remember ah. that when we were complaining about that lineup and God, I, I, what I wouldn't give to complain about that lineup right now. <laughs> Our pro we had such first world problems when like it, that was the one thing we had to complain about. Uh, yeah still, that was it was like oh, all of our lineups work everybody hits threes everybody's healthy uh, this was the only like this is the only way you can, convi- can you can configure these pieces in a way they won't work why are you doing it like what the fuck it, to the point where it's still third minutes it's still they haven't played yeah. that lineup when was the last time that lineup played tom like, dude it's been two months more like, than like two it's months. two months yeah it's like Holy right crap. before ad went out anyway oh, it's been weird so Let's uh, let's leave it there for now. We'll come back hopefully next week. Talk through the uh, Kings game, the Clippers game, and maybe preview this little five-game road streak and see what the Lakers can do to to keep their head above water because they did. They, you know, since the last time we recorded, they got wins against Cleveland. wasn't pretty. That third quarter was great. Got that horrible, horrible game against Orlando. Tim, there were 103 rebounds in that game. Oh, my God. so many <laughs> shots. Holy crap. Andre Drummond would have had like 40 rebounds. That's, that's fantastic. So maybe he came in a little too late, but um, yeah, yeah, man, we'll leave it there for now. We'll catch your giant article. uh, You know, your, your coda about Andre Drummond's experience for the Lakers. But until then we will talk to you guys next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.